Hi, I'm Lauren Klass-Snyder with Class Notes for Broadway Radio. I'm here with Jill Pace, cast member of Jerry Springer, the Opera, playing off-Broadway at The New Group. Hi, Jill. Hi. Well, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Let's just dive right in. Jerry Springer, the Opera, presents, I'm going to have to say, Bad Behavior, displayed on that famous reality TV talk show, and it's with an extraordinary, extraordinary cast. What's it like working with this group of people? Um, I have to say it's one of the, like, it's been an amazing room to be in. It's a fantastic group of people, amazingly talented. I, I sort of have the fortunate experience of spending a lot of the second act uh, watching from the audience as my character um, and it's just inspiring to watch these amazing voices these grounded actors get up there um, eight times a week and deliver 100% every time it's interesting that you brought up eight times a week Richard Thomas of course wrote a score that is really true opera talk to us a little bit about the vocal demands of such powerful music well it's it's intimidating for sure. And I know when we all showed up on the first day for rehearsal, we didn't quite know what we were going to be doing. Um, mm. Because we were at the new group, which is um, an off-Broadway space at Signature, we, um, you know, we can't hire 50 people to have, uh, you know, an, an opera chorus mm. as well as your principals up there. So we are um, both in the ensemble and playing our roles, so that uh, adds about, I don't know, 25 to, and in some cases, 40 more minutes of music that we have to sing every night. Um, you have to stay in good vocal shape. You have to, uh, I guess we've learned individually how, how far we can go when we need to, uh, you know, hold back a little bit in order to get through through the eight shows. Um, we, a lot of people are opera trained. Um, mm. I myself come from a conservatory background. I have a Bachelor of Music. Um, and I think that's the, the main thing is that we, you can't go out at night after this show. <laughs> uh, you know, we're in a very limited run. In fact, we close on April 1st. So um, it's, it's a temporary adjustment to the way we live our lives, I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can't imagine. Um, the, the music's extraordinary, and I just listen to these voices, and I think, oh, my God, I can't believe they're doing this eight times a week. <laughs> it, it's something, you know, if you think about it, um, people do it working in Met or, or City Opera or any of those things. You, you do your show a, a couple of times a week, maybe, and, you know, for a very short time. Uh, this is very different. We're running on a Broadway schedule, eight shows a week, two right. shows on Wednesday, two shows on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So it is mm-hmm. intense for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to ask you a little bit about the character you play, Baby Jane. He yes. is a character that I'm going to have to say almost defies description. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about her, the character, developing her, and working with director John Rando on creating her. I have to say, um, sitting down with John Rando is one of two reasons that I uh, ended up doing the show, because um, John and I went to coffee when when I had received the offer, uh, and I was very much on the fence, just because I 
didn't know what the show was going to be. I didn't understand what the character was necessarily, and I didn't know what he was going to ask me to do. Mm. And one of the great things about John is that um, he took out each cast member before we started work because he wanted everybody to feel comfortable to only work with what, you know, within their own, what they wanted to do. So Baby Jane is, I describe her as a grown woman who is just sort of stuck perhaps is a good word for it, um, as a four-year-old or maybe a five-year-old. So she wears, you know, the little dresses. She she wears um, lacy socks. Um, and she just seems to conduct her life as, as though she is a child. Um, there's a lot of research you can do out there about um, people who actually do live their lives this way, Um um, MTV did a true life series on it. And in fact, the Jerry Springer show had uh, a similar, you know, all of our characters are based on people who were on the show. So mm-hmm. it is a very real thing. And, you know, um, I think that was the most important thing to both John Rando, to Richard, to myself, was to um, make these real people and to never wink at it, to never um, make fun of it. We're just, this is just, our, you know, this is Baby Jane's reality. So in the second act, then, um, without giving too much away, we venture out of the Jerry Springer show and into purgatory and eventually hell. And Davy Jane sort of gets dragged along and then um, wishes to help Jerry Springer get out of that situation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she becomes his cheerleader and his champion and his guide uh, to eventually get him hopefully to return to real life. What a journey you go through between Act 1 and Act 2 with this character as well. Oh, it's, I love it. It's thrilling. You know, Act 1 is sort of very much set up. Like, if you know the Jerry Springer show, um, it's very much an episode of the Jerry Springer show where you have three segments with different guests each time. Um, so that, it's just, you know, real time, basically. And then Act 2 is where we all get to be kind of zany and a little bit more otherworldly. And I think it's exciting to, to get to play um, both aspects of the character in, in one night. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And your work is also really involved with the ensemble. Talk yes, a little I, bit about the back and forth between ensemble work and, you know, featured work for the um, performance. Again, this is, you know, if you were to, you can go on YouTube and watch um, the London version of the show, which I will say is very different from our show. But if you mm. were curious, like, am I going to like the music? It's a great way to um, have a listen. Um, in in the original production, in the way that Richard Thomas wrote the the score is you would have your ensemble chorus sitting as audience members and participating in a real Jerry Springer show. Um, Well, we don't have enough money to go around (laughs) for this particular production, so we were asked to play audience members before we switch into our, you know, before I, let's say, become Baby Jane. So we spend the first maybe 25 minutes of the show Um, waiting for Jerry Springer to enter, right? Like it's all just ramping everybody up. And I have to say, it's kind of my favorite part of the show. You're there as an ensemble. We're all in it together. We're all sharing this anticipation. And we're with our audience, which, you know, eight times a week is different. Some people are really into it. Some people are there because they want to um, participate Never, like, by being called out or being pulled up on stage. It's not that kind of interactive theater. But um, 
yeah, it's uh, it's it's a great way to get a sense of the energy of the audience before we sort of take off and and do the actual Jerry Springer show. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, the set designed by Derek McLean has the audience and the actors sitting pretty much together, very much like the um, the typical talk show. Is it ever daunting, or do you have responses or reactions to actor to um perform? I mean, um, audience members sitting in such close proximity. Yeah, we do. You know, sometimes crowds are rowdier. Um, sometimes they're super tame. I, I would say, like a Wednesday matinee is a, is much calmer than let's say a Saturday night, <laughs> as it probably should be. Um, you know, but it, it can it does affect. Uh, you do absorb some of that, whether it be hesitation or anticipation. Uh, you can't help but sort of carry some of that with you. Uh, obviously, the more amped up an audience is, the, I think, the more fun we all have, for sure. But um, just because the audiences are quieter or a little bit more timid. I did turn around one time because uh, we, we talked to our the people who are sitting right directly behind us, and, and a woman just looked at me and she goes, no. <laughs> she did not <laughs> want to, to participate, and that's totally fine. And, you know, I'm not going to turn around and get in her face again. You know, I can shoot my lines higher up or in a different direction. So this, I want her to be comfortable, right? Um, right. So that's right. for sure something to that we're constantly negotiating. I can only imagine. And I, from an audience perspective, I'm pretty thrilled about what might have been budgetary constraints and the fact that we get to know you all as ensemble members and with your with your um, other roles. It's it's quite rewarding from the audience perspective and might have been an artistic choice regardless of budget. It, you know, I, it's hard to imagine the show in any um, – it, you, you're always going to want, like, if you do the show now, I would say, like, anywhere regionally or or any future production, I think it's it's been a great learning lesson about, how, you know, you want your audience to feel that they are also present. And I, I say that my husband, who is not an actor, came to the opening night of Jerry Springer, and he sat quite close even though I had requested he not be sat so close. <laughs> uh, you know, he's shy, he's a little bit quieter. Um, but he said at the end of the night, he's like, I feel like I was in it. I'm a little, like, tired, right? Like, you really, it's um, like you are a part of the show, the taping of the show. Jerry Springer right. still tapes his show um, every week. I think he does, like, five in a day or something. The show is mm. still on the air. Um, so, you know, we're, we're definitely trying to bring that sort of real life experience to our opera. Right. Right. Well, the show also, because of its reality and how it's based, has, I would say, the highest level of obscenities than any other mainstream musical ever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, um, I would agree uh, with you. <laughs> <laughs> so for you as an actor to kind of navigate the language with the gorgeous music, how does that work for you? Well, I think that's what um, won me over was the gorgeous music. <laughs> uh, I, I uh, again, when I initially got the offer, I was like, I don't know, I, I, what is this? I have no idea. And then you take a listen to the music, and you're like, this is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Um, and over time, I will say, you know, the show was. Uh, first on the, in the West End uh, more than 15 years ago, so pre-Book of Mormon. 
Um, mm-hmm. Maybe about the time of Avenue Q, which at that point was probably, you know, the dirtiest thing we've seen <laughs> on Broadway. So, you know, here it is 2018. Some things that maybe would have shocked you in 2002 aren't even going to register. You know, that's just like where we're kind of going. Um, some things are still uh, not my favorite. Uh, but for the most part, I would say we, we, um, as performers, I think we're a little desensitized to it now. Uh, you know, you'll hear an audience reaction and you'll be like, oh, yeah, that is pretty funny what we're singing. Uh, but again, set with this gorgeous music um, and then um, layering in some of the profanity or, you know, some of the more scandalous things that we might sing, it, be- it becomes funny. And you'll, you'll see audience, I mean, they, they're raucous. They're laughing at it. Some people are like laughing at it and then they catch themselves because they can't believe they're laughing at that. You know, it's, uh, it runs the gauntlet of emotions, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, the New York Times states that the musical is, quote, really all about American people of today. Why do you think that this show resonates with such a wide range of audience members? I think um, for the most part, we all remember the heyday of Jerry Springer. I uh-huh. think sometime in the 90s, perhaps. Uh, and where you, that was sort of the beginning. I'm sure there were things before that, but Jerry Springer was really about bringing people who lived um, maybe on the edges of society, uh, of what's considered uh-huh. normal. You know, when you think of a woman who wants to just dress like a baby, that's not something we encounter every day. And uh-huh. some people might be quick to title a freak show. Um, I mean, how different is it than when you would go to the circus and pay your dime and go into the tent of mm. sideshow? Mm-hmm. Um, except it's on a platform that is aired nationally, internationally, in fact. Um, and today, you know, look at all of the reality television shows um, that have you have a life because we had the Jerry Springer show. It became normal to bring people's stories to to uh, this platform. Um, so now you have. American Idol and Dancing with the Stars and then you have the Kardashians and you just have this whole like um, group of, of, of entertainment now. This is considered entertainment is to peek into people's lives. And so I don't think, you know, while maybe you're not watching the Jerry Springer show anymore, it's no different than, than tuning in to, um, let's say, Sister Wives on TLC or something like uh-huh. that. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. I think it, it's continuing. I don't know where we're going. I don't know where, you know, it's hard to go back, as I always say. So it's interesting to think where will we be in another 10 years with this form of entertainment. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think it's still very real. Yeah, yeah. There's also something quite extraordinary from the audience perspective of the humanity that mm-hmm. is brought out in the guests. And how sure. the is created, and it's um, it's heart wrenching in it, it, the most human way. Yes, I I I think that is particularly um, the first act. What makes it so compelling is, you know, we're we're sitting in the dark, or you know, the audience is facing the stage, and up on that stage, someone's life is falling apart, yeah. or 
someone's life is beginning, right? Because now they're free to tell their secret. They, have, mm. they feel that they are, you know, they've had this sort of come to God moment in front of all of these people and, and maybe for the prophet of Jerry Springer. Uh, mm. You know, it's, um, I always think that when particularly in the opening, the opening uh, guests, the um, Dwight and Peaches, He's seeing someone else and she's finding out about it on national television and how we're all kind of like gawking and laughing at her in the audience. But for her, like, you know, her life is falling apart. And uh-huh. I, I, it's, it's interesting that we have this arena, um, which probably exists in every society where we, we take pleasure in the pain of others. I mean, it's kind of sad. Mm. Um, mm. And if this show makes you stop and go, oh, maybe – Maybe that's not as interesting to me as I thought. That I think that's a worthy lesson of of mm. um, tuning into reality television. Sure, sure, and yeah, just just the pure humanity um, and sure. the emotional journey that goes along, sort of being an outside observer. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I will say certainly being an audience member. You know, we, we're supposed to. Um, take pleasure in these people's pain and, and laugh, and it's hard. It's hard for me. I don't. I don't feel like laughing. <laughs> you know, I, I have to. I have to play somebody else other than myself in this right. moment. Of course. Sure. Well, credit to you and your full company as an actor. I'm so grateful for your time today, Jill. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Lauren Schneider with cast member Jill Pace from Jerry Springer the Opera playing off-Broadway at the New Group through April 1st. Thank you.